0: Over here, I saw this, so I got excited. Yeah. So. Tell us what we're looking at. You are actually under an edible tree. This is Sumac. Hey, it's Natalie uh, Dahlia. You You might remember me. Up until a couple weeks ago, I was the Curious City intern. Well, I missed everyone so much, I had to come back for one more episode. So, when I'm hungry, I head to the fridge or the pantry, and when those are empty, I hit the grocery store or a restaurant. I had no idea I could find all kinds of things to eat growing out of the ground around Chicago. Here's chicory. Chicory. Yeah. So um, sometimes you'll see like chicory as an additive. It kind of makes coffee cheaper, <laughs> but um, it has. Yeah, has it's called little... urban foraging. Go ahead. Put this in your fingers. It's really fresh. Is that like mint or something? Well, crush it more. Crush it more. It's like a citrus. Yeah. This is lemon balm. Lemon balm. Yeah. That was Michael Repkin from Urban Habitat Chicago that you're hearing alongside me. It sounds crazy, but these plants and weeds that we walk by all the time, many are not only edible, but also they're delicious. It tastes kind of like very, like, flavorful Swiss chard. Like, you know, like that kind of bitter green flavor. Yeah. This is really good. Yeah. (laughs) I love this. Oh my gosh we were literally making a meal out of weeds. And don't worry, we were careful to eat the ones far from the road that don't have all the toxic chemicals. Anyway, the weeds we were eating, they flourish in Chicago's harsh urban environment. And that's actually why I was out foraging in the first place. Russell Tarvid saw the same thing.
1: You just notice plants growing in the strangest places. It actually, made me kind of uh, have a lot of admiration for these plants.
0: And Russell wanted to know how weeds survive in these urban areas under these difficult conditions. Well, stick around because we got him some answers. Plus, speaking of things that grow in the city, one listener wondered what happens to all those beautiful flowers along the Mag Mile, especially when the summer is over. I have the feeling they get thrown away, which kills me. That's all coming up after this quick break.
1: Curious City is supported by BetterHelp.
2: If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Curious City today to get 10% off your first month.
0: When I think about places where nature can flourish, I don't really think about sidewalk cracks or the sides of buildings in downtown Chicago. But what Russell observed is true. They're everywhere.
1: Along highways or on median strips, on shoulders, along railroad tracks, within railroad tracks, you might be in a high rise and then you look on somebody's roof. Or even the side, literally the side of skyscrapers, and you'll see somehow some plant found some type of environment that it could start to grow. And it's like, what is going on here? How does it do that?
0: They do seem to be thriving. And it's kind of crazy if you think about the harsh conditions that can exist in the city.
3: They get trampled, they get mowed, and they get, you know, air pollution in urban areas and on and on and on and on.
0: That's Greg Spires, a botanist with the Illinois Natural History Survey. He's a big fan of urban weeds.
3: I don't like to use the word weed, but we don't have really a better word.
0: So weeds it is. Spires says one of the biggest struggles weeds face here is
3: the soil. The soil is of really poor quality, meaning that it often is high in salt that we put down. It's high in all kinds of calcium from the rock and concrete. It's got very poor soil biota like fungi. It's often polluted with heavy metals.
0: Because they're dealing with this tough soil, many of the weeds in Chicago often have what's called a taproot, which is key to how they grow and
3: survive. It's just like it's this giant drill that digs way down into those cracks and it sort of penetrates this highly sort of compacted soil.
0: Erica Hassel, an ecologist at the Field Museum, told us a little more.
1: So you can think of the taproot, it's where it's storing energy, it's allowing it to go down deep for water. Of course water feeds a plant, but it also helps. For cooling, plants get hot too. So some of the things that we see growing in a really paved environment They're tolerant of that. You can imagine how hot it is with the sun reflecting off of the sidewalk.
0: And another thing. You walk on the flowers in your garden, they're going to die. But you walk on top of a weed and a sidewalk crack, that thing is going to bounce right back. Greg Spirey's again.
3: A lot of them are really tough and rubbery and they can really handle being mowed and stepped on all the time.
0: Oh, and there's one more thing that helps weeds thrive. They have these strong metabolisms that help them tolerate all of these toxic chemicals that get dumped into the soil.
3: A lot of that probably stems from their origin in some of these like really, really rocky habitats in nature where they're just exposed to a lot of the stuff that comes out of the rock in their natural habitat.
0: Okay, so we got the answer to Russell's question. There are three things that help weeds survive. They've got this taproot rubbery stems, and strong metabolisms which help them to stick it out in the city. But there are even more reasons to be in awe of the urban weed, maybe even things to love about them. And, well…
1: I think they're really cool.
0: Cool, like how? We asked Erica and Greg to tell us about a few of their favorites, and how to spot them when you're walking around Chicago. When we get done with this little guide, I promise, not only will you notice these weeds everywhere, but you'll look at them in a whole new way. Okay, let's start with a weed that has probably been in Chicago for thousands of years. Canada Goldenrod. How do you spot it? It'll get three, four feet tall. It's pretty easy to recognize this prairie plant with its bright tuft of golden flowers
1: on top of a tall stalk. One that I think people see a lot along roadsides and in alleys where they haven't been mowed, uh, in a vacant lot, and along railway viaducts, you know, anywhere that somebody's not mowing and there's sunlight. Erica says there's a common misconception about goldenrod. Goldenrods can get blamed for allergies because they bloom around the same time in the fall as ragweed. And ragweed is actually probably the likely cause of your fall hay fever allergy ragweed pollen spreads by the wind but goldenrod its pollen doesn't blow freely on the wind it's pretty sticky and heavy and it's spread by bees that's why i like canada goldenrod because it blooms at the right time to provide our pollinators with a good source of nectar and pollen before the winter, when they're really active, trying to connect as much energy as they can to get it through the winter.
0: Our next weed, buckthorn, is kind of a problem. It's a tree. It came over from Europe. And in the 1800s, people planted it as a hedge. And in a 2020 tree census from the Morton Arboretum, It reported that buckthorn is starting to make up more and more of Chicago's tree stems. It's starting to take over our forests and parks. When an environment has too much of one type of plant, that can hurt the rest of the ecosystem. If you're trying to find buckthorn, look for its leathery oval leaves with little clusters of berries that ripen from a light green to a purple-black color.
3: And this is one that you can see every single spring as you drive around the Chicago region in, like, March, there's one thing that's green, and that thing is buckthorn, where it greens up way before any of our native shrubs green up. And all the other native plants that would normally out-compete it in our forests are dormant.
0: All right, buckthorn is pretty cool. But how about this next weed, Queen Anne's Lace? Queen Anne's
3: Lace is super cool. I love it.
0: (laughs) Legend has it, this weed is named after Queen Anne of England. Apparently, this weed was one of her favorites. She held a contest to create a pattern of lace that looked like the flower. She won, of course, but while she was sewing, she pricked her finger and a drop of blood fell down. If you've ever seen Queen Anne's lace, it kind of looks like a puff of lace with one red flower in the middle, like that drop of blood.
3: Next time you're out walking around, what I want you to do is I want you to pull it out of the ground. And if you get the whole root, it's got a big, deep tap root. And if you take that root and you crack it in half, it smells like you just took a bite into a carrot. And that's because that is the wild progenitor of the carrots that we eat. And if you let it grow big enough, it will get big, long, and start to turn orange like a carrot.
0: You can find Queen Anne's lace just about anywhere around the city. Basically, if you don't mow, it'll grow. And finally, let's end this weedy roundup with Erica. Milkweed, your favorite, right? (laughs) Milkweed is my first love. Your first love. Milkweed's a big puffball of purple flowers on top of a tall green stem with wide oval leaves. Common milkweed can be like five feet tall. It grows in alleys, on roadsides, and down the center of the highway. Milkweed is really important for monarch butterflies who spend the summer in Chicago and migrate south in the fall.
1: Female monarchs will only lay eggs on milkweed and monarch caterpillars will only eat milkweed. Monarch populations are in real decline. They've declined over 80 percent. And the Field Museum did a bunch of research to understand that urban places could actually provide up to a third of the milkweed needed to stabilize the monarch population.
0: And that would be great because people love these butterflies. So there you have it, some of the most common weeds we see in Chicago. Some are native to the area, some aren't. But they're really important to the wildlife here. Erica wanted to leave us with the surprising way to think about weeds and how they fit into the world around us.
1: A block of Chicago is certainly more biodiverse than the same area in rural agricultural Illinois. A square block of Chicago has so many different varieties of plants, many of them that might be characterized as weeds. And intensive row crop agriculture is designed and and people work very hard to make it all one thing. Uh, So there are very few weeds in a cornfield, in a soybean field. So in terms of providing habitat, an urban block can provide a huge variety of different flowers and habitats for different wildlife.
0: So I got this new way of looking at Chicago's weeds. Next time you take a walk in your neighborhood park or even when you throw out your garbage in the alley, I hope you find that you do too. Coming up, we're sticking with things that grow in the city, but we'll shift gears and talk about the landscaping on the Mag Mile. Where do those beautiful flowers we see in the spring, summer, and fall go when the cold weather hits? Reporter Linnea Dominic tracks down the answer that's just ahead. In the early 1990s, former Chicago mayor Richard M. Daley wanted to beautify the city to help draw tourists and business. Part of his plan included landscaping the Mag Mile. In 2016, Chicago even won a prestigious award for its landscaping designs. And for years, Joe Swadorski, who works in Streeterville, has admired these vibrant and pretty expensive displays. Like, last year, the city spent roughly $173,000 just on tulip bulbs. And since this landscaping isn't free, Joe's concerned about what happens to these plants when the summer ends and the cold weather hits. I have the feeling they get thrown away, which kills me. But he's hoping that's not the case. I would love to hear that they're, like, either refurbished or donated. Well, Joe, you're in luck. Sort of. I'll let reporter Linnea Dominic take it from here.
2: Picture the magmile. There's sidewalk planters and planters in the medians. The sidewalk planters are privately managed, and it turns out many of those landscapers do reuse a lot of the plants. We can repot it and use it for an interior client. That's Jenny Riccardi, president of the IGS Plantscaping Group. They landscape several Michigan Avenue properties. She says they reuse about 95% of the foliage, donate some plants, and... The seasonal annuals get composted. Now, the medians are managed by the Chicago Department of Transportation, or CDOT, and this is where taxpayer money comes in. Annuals don't grow back automatically, so every fall, they're ripped out. And sadly, Joe, CDOT says they're not composted. And you may be wondering, Why use taxpayer money to plant medians full of flowers and plants that get thrown away at the end of the season? Well, Suzanne Malik McKenna, former commissioner of the environment for the city of Chicago, says they bring pops of color that people expect to see. She says the purpose of these plantings is to be Zowie and get people excited about Michigan Avenue and shopping. She says annuals can provide habitat and food for birds and butterflies, but it would be better if the city planted more perennials, which do grow back the next season. Ultimately, anytime you use a perennial over anything that's an annual species, you're investing better. Now, this is where it gets confusing. Every fall, the city does plant perennials in the form of tulip bulbs in the medians. But the following season, they get dug up. And based on what Malik McKenna says, this may seem counterintuitive, but stay with me. Every year, the bulbs are donated to the Garfield Park Conservatory. Maddie Wilson has managed the program that gets those bulbs for the past 10 years. Usually it's like a 9 a.m. giveaway and there's people in line about two to three hours before we open the gate. She says they've given up to 25,000 bulbs away for free each year to individuals eager to put a splash of color in their gardens. And lastly, CDOT contracts with a safe haven to do the landscaping on Michigan Avenue. They provide job opportunities to people experiencing homelessness. President Nelly Vasquez-Roland says there's social benefit to planting the
1: tulips. Sometimes, you know, we think, wow, do we really need those flowers? In my opinion, we absolutely need those flowers for so many reasons. You know, we are a world-class city. It's creating a path to self-sufficiency and independence.
2: So to recap, some plants are reused and many are thrown away. But over 2,000 people have been given landscaping jobs through a safe haven in the process.
0: Thanks again to Linnea Dominic for that reporting. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Joe Disso and Jason Mark produce the show. Maggie Civet is our digital and engagement producer. And Sophia Lowe is our intern. Alexandra Solomon edits the show. And we need you to make this podcast each week. What questions do you have about plants or anything else? Send them our way at wbez.org curious curiouscity. I'm former intern Natalie Dahlia, and maybe I'll see you out there among the city's weeds. If you see me out there when you're picking chicory, say hello.